Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, my name is Mike Goldman. Welcome to On The Mic. This lovely chap in front of me is a good old friend from way back. We've known each other for a gazillion years. Don't want to say how long because it makes us look really old, which we are. Uh, first met, I think it was the underground nightclub in Brisbane where in the 90s when I was working at Triple M as a DJ and he was in a Michael Jackson dance lip sync competition or something like that. Uh, fast forward over the years, just to give you some of the highlights, man, this guy has worked with some of the best and biggest recording artists in the world. He has discovered and worked with and produced people like the Veronicas, Tim O'Matic. He's even had his own top 10 single, which is pretty crazy, but... Moving from that, he's also working in uh, tech and he's got his own app that he's going gangbusters. <laughs> he's a good old Aussie legend. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to On The Mic. Mikey, how What's are What's your name we? again? Chanel. Chanel <laughs> <laughs> Sharma. But, but, but do they know about you sitting down naked? Okay, that's the end of the show. Yes. Thanks for joining us. What are you talking about? In the radio shows. Oh, yeah. Well, when I was on Triple M, we used to do a show called Nude Night on the Net because we had the first internet show. We had the first internet, uh, not internet, the first website for a radio station in Australia other than the ABC. But the ABC, you know, do everything first because got so much government funding, I guess. And all of a sudden, we had the first website. I thought, well, how can we take this further? So, you know how slow the modems used to go. We, we did a show called Nude Night on the Net. We just broadcast a new photo of ourselves doing the show in the nude wow. every, every minute or something like that. Then we did Nude Night on the Net 2, which was from the opening of a strip club. Don't judge me. And then Nude Night on the Net 3 was from the Hellfire Club. Uh, which, Only you. Which is a, a fetish Only club Goldman. that would happen once a month. And they, they strapped me to a... Um, uh, one of those, those things, the bondage things that you strap people to. And they put a ball in my mouth and every time I had to talk after a song or a commercial break, they'd take the ball out and I'd be like, hey, you're on Triple M. You just heard Guns N' Roses. Put the ball back in. Anyway, how do we get to talk about that in the first minute of this well, show? You, you know, you it start- quickly became about me and nudity, <laughs> which I don't mind. You, you started the, the Naked series, mm. you know, the Naked Chef. You were doing that before everyone. How are you, man? It's Good not about buddy. me. It's about you, Good my buddy. friend. Bring this, bring this little bastard close to your mouth there and get about a fist away from your face. Great. Now. It's crazy. Crazy times. Busy working too hard. You know, mm. that's how it's going at the moment. Li- living in uh, fabulous Bruce Vegas. Yes. Um, one thing I did mention about you as well. Um, Chenille's one of the reasons why I got into property. Um, you know, he's one, one of the, the most knowledgeable people about property I've ever met. And he sees a bargain. He's always up to help his friends and family and say, hey, you should get this. And you know why? And just just always had a knack for it. And uh, I want to ask you about that. I want to ask sure. you about the apps. I want to ask you about the music stuff as well. Because there's so many exciting things that you've done over the years that yeah, has crazy. led you to this point in time. Um, so how are you enjoying life? What's going on, man? You're well? It's crazy. Yeah. So basically what we've been doing is just been focusing on the app that we have out at the moment called House Roo. Yes. So... The easy way to explain that is think about it like this. So you will track an $8 pizza, mm-hmm. but there's nothing to track 
a million dollar property. Oh yeah, that's true. Right? Mm. So what we've done is all the stakeholders involved in buying or selling that property, mm. you can now visualize everything from start to finish. So it brings in, you know, the mortgage broker, the buyer, the seller, the real estate agent, the conveyancer, mm. and everybody so that they can work towards one common goal, which mm. is to settle the property. It's such a good idea because I, I bought a couple of properties, bought and sold over the years, and I always forget what you got to do. You know, like all this stuff, you got to get council approvals and government approvals exactly. and tax stuff and pest controls and lawn mowers and answers <laughs> and uncles. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm just making it up. But so basically, the way that this app that you invented, House Aru, goes is like it's all there for you, and and it syncs you up to all the exactly. services. Like what's what just just to get my head around yeah. it. What are the actual services that you would have to... Sure. So what happens there? is that, you know, you'd go to say domain or realestate.com, you'd find the property. And the thing is, you know, you've got an indication as what that property is going to cost to purchase. But what we don't know is exactly how much it's going to cost to transact it, right? So you type in your address and then bang, comes down all yeah. the conveyances, the building and pest, the insurance, everything in one page in one click. Wow. And you can select everything. So and now they're sure. It. Yeah. Like you're tracking a pizza. Exactly. Where the fuck is my pizza? Exactly. Where the fuck is my house? <laughs> That's hey, it. Why is my house here yet? And if you see something's being held up, I guess on the app, you can... Tells you straight away. Ring the conveyancer. Exactly. Yeah. And the conveyancers use it. Yeah. So they're like the project manager that manages everything. Actually, you know what? Yeah. I, I remember this, um, this lady, she was a horrible person. She worked for a law firm in Brisbane and I was, she was doing the conveyancing. And she just forgot to to show up the signing of the contract with the bank. Okay, uh, I've got my times mixed yeah. up. And like I would, I don't even know what time or when stuff is happening because you just sort of leave it with them. But you, I would have seen that on the app and gone, "Hey, you're going to be there." This is what's yeah. happening exactly. And and if she's away, mm. she can get onto a phone and just do the update. But what it does, right. she clicks it. And it'll tell everybody so that they know exactly what's going on. So yeah. it is an app, but it's also a desktop version as well for the practitioners. So how long have you been doing this for now? So we started in 2014 was when we got our sort of patent through. Yeah. And then um, validated it, went around to the agents, conveyances, mm. and, mm. and made sure all the parties were like sort of happy with what we're building. Yeah. Because, you know, one of the mistakes we make in business is we just go and do something without validating. Yeah. So, you know, it was it was all about getting that research and development happening before we even touched any code or before we even started building And like all these agencies and websites are jumping on it, like, you know, sales, real estate kind of websites. And they're all going, hey, this, yeah, is, this exactly. is an amazing invention. Yeah. So it's an end-to-end. So yeah. it's an it's a end-to-end real estate transaction tool. Yeah. That's what apps should be, you know, making life easier and helping you understand stuff exactly. that you don't, you don't really get. Um, I, I have I reckon I have an idea for an app every week. Everyone, everyone yeah. has probably got some random idea for an app. How hard is it to actually go? Oh, I got an idea for an app. What exactly. can I do? Do you get on Fiverr and contact <laughs> someone and you get a made for Fiverr? How much does it cost to make an app? And, and and what great lengths do you go to to set up code for something like that? It's nuts. I mean, it's funny. Whenever we catch up, we we sit down and we go, oh, we got another idea, yeah. and then we're like, let's jump online and see if it's available. Yeah, <laughs> we all do that, right? Yeah. So look, probably the first step is. You know, it's if you you go to sleep and you wake up and you're, it's still in your head. There's obviously something there. Yeah, right. Okay. You know what I mean. So, so it's okay it's, to have a gazillion ideas. Yeah, write them down. If something sticks. Something lingers. Yeah, and it's like you know, I call it the ling, linger um, theory, right? Hmm. So you come up with the idea, then all of a sudden it sticks in your head, and you're like, and then it comes back a week later, and you're like, okay, there's something here. Hmm. So then you investigate further. It's very very easy to go and get the branding and colors and all that. 
What you got to do is go even deeper into the substance of it and go, well, you know, and it depends what your motive is. Mm. So if your motive is like purely just to make money, mm. then it's probably not the best idea. Yeah. I think if you put your heart and soul into something that you really love. You're passionate you're, about. It's, it's all about that. We keep hearing that cliche, mm. but it's the thing that gets you up. Yeah. Right. And it's the thing that keeps you up at night. Mm. So, and look, I think probably steps that I've taken mm. and I can only talk from my experience is so it's funny. I've got the first drawing ever mm. of house Roo. Hmm. which was drawing what I mean drawing oh drawing sorry yeah Yeah, so I opened up a pad and I was like hmm get a contract it goes into this contract converter machine Hmm. and it spits out this timeline Hmm. of all the visual like the visualization of all the terms and conditions you know the contracts are so thick yeah 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 and it's like what the hell what does that even mean so how can I put that in and then spit out this timeline yeah that actually visualizes everything Hmm. Now, everyone's got their own analogy and version of that, hmm. right? So, you know, there's, there's people in like, for instance, health and fitness hmm. um, where they're like, okay, I'm going to, you know, create the, the keto food to eat hmm. or whatever the, that. So know, like a health and fitness app that says all keto whatever food, it is. eat, tick them off or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, de- depending on what you're into, hmm. uh, you know, you'll come up with the idea. So that's yeah. the initial idea. So then to take it to, you know, come out the other end, it's, it's one thing to be passionate about it. Hmm. But then if, if you're truly good at what you're doing, if yeah. you pick one thing and do it so well, mm. that becomes so compelling that people yeah. go, I like that. So how, how did you get compelled to um, build the House of Rue app? Because I mean, you've always so, had a fascination with real estate. Yeah, and, yeah, definitely. And, and so it's something that's in your blood, you know. Exactly. It's, it's, um, Since it's, I was a kid. You, you love the deal, you know. You, yeah. You, you love when you come out with a I think, win. Yeah, I think, I think what it is, and as you know, you know we're, we're creatives. It's about building something from scratch mm-hmm. and to be able to help. You know what I mean? So yeah. to be able to take something and, you know, for instance, with property, I think we all love the potential of something. Yeah. You know, the fact that we can go up to this old house yeah. and go, wow, if I could, you know, put a lick of paint here, yeah. change the bathroom and you're, you've been doing it. It's, yeah. it's been fantastic. So yeah. I think that, and then I was like, well, wait a second, you know, I've done my own conveyancing, mm. you know, I've, you know, there's one, one of the things I did back when, um, uh, I discovered what equity meant mm. was like, okay, so I bought this house. And in fact, it was, it was the first property that um, we recorded the Veronica's in mm. actually when uh, we'll talk about the music stuff later, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was, um, and this is crazy about visualization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was living at home at the time mm. and I have this pad and pen that I always write on mm. and I was writing away and I was like, I, I want this house. And I drew this house and where the studio would be, I said, okay, the house is here. The lounge will be here. You know, my bedroom will be here. Mm. There'll be a sunroom. And then there's this other room that's going to be the studio. Mm. He's drawing you some pieces of paper. Seriously, just yeah. on, on a book and I just put it <laughs> under my bed, right? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And um, so, and I saved up money because I was performing overseas, mm. came back. And literally that week after I drew that, I met with uh, professionals over in Sunnybank Hills. Yeah. And I went through this house and I'm like, this house looks familiar. So you created it. He drew it and it, and it just seriously so visualization. It and... is the craziest thing. Yeah. And I'm walking through this house. I'm like, holy shit, this is a house that I actually drew. Mm. And the defining moment was I went through to the sunroom and I'm like, what is that? And they're like, oh, that's the granny flat. Studio. And I'm like, <laughs> studio, <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, it's funny. Uh, it's a crazy, crazy story. Wow. But um yeah, many songs and productions out of that studio. So 
you got to be careful what you think of because whatever's up here is what happens. Yep. Yeah, you visualize stuff and, yep. and it comes true. It's, um, so but for those people out there that are watching, just going back to that question before, like, <laughs> if, 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 yeah. if, I mean, I, I love the whole visualization stuff. Yeah. I want to I touch on that more and, you know, what, what motivates you and all that yes. kind of thing. But for people who want to bring out their own app, like, what, what's sure. the best way to go about it? Okay, so first thing, come up with the idea. Number one, validate. Who is going to be the customer? Because if you want it to sustain... You'll go down the hobby path hmm. and what will happen is that you can't monetize it. So if you think that it's going to add value to people's lives, hmm. then go for it. Yeah. And that means having the hard conversations and that means not talking to your husband, wife, girlfriend. Hmm. You know, it's very, very easy to get a friend to pay for something because they like you. Yeah. But to get a total stranger and multiply that by a hundred. Yeah. So if you can get a hundred strangers hmm. who will go, yes, I will pay for that. Hmm. that's the best indicator. Yeah. Now, when you get to that stage, then you're like, okay, we've got something special here. Yeah, yeah. And then what normally happens is people go, okay, who do I know that's a coder? They Google app developer. Yeah. Like, do you get it done <clears> in, in India or China or do you do it so, locally in Australia? Because I so, heard there's a bit of a ripoff to get made here. <laughs> so look, to be brutally honest, hmm. you've got two types and I'm allowed to say this because I'm Indian. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the, the hacking... Uh, where it'll look great in the front, but it'll fall apart on scale, mm. right? So, and you've got two types of Indians, and, oh, and I'm saying, sounding so racist right now, but I'm okay, you, I can say you, it. You can't, unless, <laughs> unless, unless you're bagging out whiteies. Yeah. So what happens is that you'll have the hackers that'll just act like that they, they can do it, but then you'll have the geniuses that just know their stuff mm. and will give you the best experience. So it's like anything, you've got to do your due diligence. And if you don't know how to build an app, go and pay the money and hire somebody yeah. who is a CTO who, look, you'll pay a fortune, yeah. but that early piece that you're going to do to select that team mm. and create what you call an MVP, the minimal viable product mm. to create that first version and don't do a million features. Yeah. Do one really strong feature that will bring in the first few simple. customers. Keep it simple. Yeah. And... You can look. I, I um, funnily enough, uh, found my really good developer today on Upwork. What's Upwork? Upwork is a is a little app that mm. you can use to find people. But if you're very like specific, Airtasker sort of Fiverr thing. Yeah, yeah, the exactly. Finding professional talent. Exactly. Right. However, it can be a freak show as well. But if you're very very clear about your you know position description of what you're looking for. Yeah. The developers that are smart then that have their shit together will actually look at that and go. Mm okay, this person knows what they're talking about because I can see it the way that it's written. Mm. So therefore, I should do some work with them and get in touch. Mm. But the people go, oh, hey, I want to build an app Next. and they've got no idea. Don't get to the point. And here's the biggest issue with when you're starting anything mm. is that people do it on the fly. They think that there's this magic wand that the app developer mm. will have which will sort out their whole business. Mm. So no, the developers don't do the business They'll just, they'll just put the code together mm. and they'll actually create the product and mm. help you, you know, build that, the technical part. But you really need to have all your frameworks together in mm. the business. What are, what are the things that you need to look out for if someone gets to that stage and they, they're bringing out an app, which I think is a great idea. Yes. And for example, I have a friend of mine who got an app developed, I think it was in India actually. Yeah. And he was so excited. And then all of a sudden at the end of it, paid all this money and they said, oh no, it's only for Australia. You only paid for the rights to Australia. Oh, we own the, the rest of the world. Is there any other things like that you need to look yeah, out yeah, for? Yeah, like so, yeah, absolutely. Players? 
So did you say absolutely? Absolutely. Abs- okay, sorry. <laughs> you should register that. Mm-hmm. Um, so on that, uh, so the first thing to do is a copyright assignment agreement. Mm. So what that means is that you as the creator or the inventor of this idea. Mm. And, and here's the other thing. You know how we go around going, okay, sign the NDA. And do it. Sure, that's great. But at the end of the day, to get something from start to commercialization, it is so far away. Mm. Just get out there and do it and just do it better mm. than the other person. Mm. But if someone says, oh, okay, look, we've built the app and it's just for Australia. Again, it comes back to the legals and the territories that you mm. want to actually expose that app into, mm. right? So, and here, that's, that's a great point too that you bring up. If someone's developing something for you, mm. the first thing that you must do is say, is send a document out that says, at all times, you own the rights to your product. Worldwide. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what happens is that, so you've got this idea, this is it, stipulate what it is. You've got your business plan and you've got your roadmap of uh, what you want to build and create. Mm. And anybody that touches it, I'm talking about designers. Mm. However, if you have a designer full-time that's coming in and becoming a business partner, yeah. then obviously you've, you'll have a relationship and you'll work out the equity and, and yeah, how that yeah, will yeah, work yeah. together with a shareholders agreement, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And to stipulate exactly what's happening and how you're building that technology. Mm. But the key thing is if you've got contractors coming in and out, mm. they're taking your code. Yeah. So think of it like, you know, when we write music. They can rip it off. It's, it's like whoever's in the room who's creating the music, you know, you split it accordingly. Oh, I give them points on right? it. Right? Mm. Same thing with an app. Oh. So if you've got a designer coming in, and then you've got like a coder coming in. Mm. You, you, you're actually creating something, yeah, right? That has value or may have value, mm. a perceived value, but the ownership then goes to the publisher or the composer. Yeah, right. Of that uh, app. Okay, so it's like because they're the coder. Uh, this so is what people don't realize. Some people don't know. It's all these little little that's nuances. That's what you need to know if you want to bring right? out an app. So that's why you have an agreement that says at all times, you know, the company, the entity mm. will own that at all time, <clears throat> at, at all times, and you have an agreement that says you know, upon paying mm. the developer. So, you know, for instance, you might have a weekly cycle, mm. two weekly. So every time that you pay, you st- you own it at all times. Mm. So obviously, you know, you hear all these stories where, you know, um, the developer doesn't get paid mm. and then all of a sudden the founder's like held at ransom. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what, what about, um, just to give people an idea out there, because like me, you go, I got an idea for an app. I know I can make some money out of this. Um, like, f- for example, the, the Color Switch app, it was a... Uh, I think it was a guy who had the idea and he teamed up with a rapper in New Zealand who had millions of followers. All of a sudden, that app, it's the easiest little game with a ball that bounces yeah. through hoops and yeah. they're, they're making millions. Like, yeah, shout out to Sam Fortify. He's oh, you in, know these in, guys? Yeah, yeah, who's in, who's in Dubai. Yeah, yeah. He's um, that guy, hardest worker ever. He worked it all out. And um, kudos to him. He's, he's like, he's and like so he came up with Color Switch. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he teamed up with the exactly. rapper. Who was the rapper in New Zealand? <clears throat> well, Sam Fortify. He, he was. He's from New Zealand um, via Fiji, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, um, was in the club circuit in Brisbane, hmm. and uh, you know, amazing rapper. Hmm. And he then came up with this idea because he, he really got the social media thing early hmm. and started getting crazy views on that, and then. Yeah. He, and then because he had that, you know, that that um, user equity yeah. uh, there, he was like, okay, I'm going to create something. And he's a genius. The guy's wow. amazing. So he's like, hey, fans, <laughs> you like my rap? I just made this app. <laughs> Cre- created an, an app, uh, partnered with the right people mm. and um, very smart guy. And uh, How much you made in, out of it, you reckon? Uh, in the millions. 
in the millions, but he's not one to go and uh, tell everyone yeah, the actual figure, but yeah. you can kind of work it out. But you moved to Dubai, did he? Yes. Why did you move there? Is Dubai a nice place? Who knows? I think I think he likes it over there. I don't there. think I'd like it there. It's just, it just looks a bit... It's pretty hot. ...artificial and hot and you're not allowed to kiss your girlfriend in the street or they lock you up. It is tax-free. You're not allowed to drink. Tax-free, I'm in. That's probably why. Um, <laughs> Who knows? So to, to make an, a basic app, like here's an idea that I, I had. Well, actually, I think my brother probably thinks it's his idea as well, but mm-hmm. um, it's basically called uh, Who's Paying? Okay. And, and, and what you do is you take a photo of everyone at the dinner table and you push a button and it spins it. It's That's like cool. a roulette and it goes ding, 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 and the person's probably like, a, no, a nice novelty. Like, we'll never do it. <laughs> but <clears throat> how much would it cost to make a basic app like that? Something like that. Um, okay, so I would say, depending on the page, each page. So you've got the screen on each page. Something like that where you're literally just posting, you're putting pictures up yeah. and then doing a spin. I would say under 10K. Oh, yeah. So it's still a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I was under thinking 10K. maybe three or four at most. Yeah, but... you do it under $10,000 properly. Mm. But then you got right? to promote it. And, and that that wouldn't be local. Mm. That would be getting the right people. So is it becoming like you make an app? I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have made an app and they, they know it's great, but they get to the point where, oh, no one's downloading it. Because that that's where that's, the actual work one, starts. Exactly. It's, like it's, 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 the it's actually quite easy to make a movie or record an album. But when, Who's yeah, going to consume when, it? When you're finished... You've got a bigger job ahead of you to promote it. To actually market so it. So how, how do you promote and market an app? There's actually amazing apps out there that don't get used. But to go back to the cost again, yeah, just quickly, or you might get lucky. There might be a, a student or a, or a uni guy who's wants some side, like a, a side hustle, yeah. who's just an absolute genius. Yeah. And who will just go, yeah, cool. I love it. I'll partner with you and yeah. smash it out. Mm. You know what I mean? So... Again, it comes back to the individual and, and how you you know hustle that out. But they're going to be spending two or three months like working on it and finishing. Yeah, yeah in in between time. So you know that's why if you take the professional approach, uh, you know apps generally are expensive. And the other thing to keep in mind too is that it needs to get pushed out to all the different phones. Yeah. So it's your Android and your iOS. You know. So you know, for instance, we use we do ours on Ionic. Hmm. So we basically publish on both. So as soon as you create it on that web app you push it out on Ionic and it makes it native to both. Ionic is a web app. And it's, it makes yeah, it yeah. Okay, so what it. it does is you build it on that and you push it out. Mm. So we do it instantly. Mm. So you're not having to go, okay, I've got to, I got to fix this side mm. and that side. So that's that's really helpful. What was your other question? Um, do you like bananas? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I like uh, no, the other question was, uh, what did you say? Uh, how much was it uh, to make an app? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the tips for young oh, players. Marketing. Marketing. Uh, marketing, yes. Okay, so classic example. So right now, um, in our company, uh, houseroo.com, so there's an app. However, it's all about online and offline. So we do events. We do two to three events a week. Right. And we've called it the, so in this case here, it's the real estate network, Mm. right? So it brings the community together who would be our customer of that app. Mm. And we just activate little, um, little events. And so all of a sudden, these little events are now bringing on people onto the app. So that's that's like the offline stuff, and then the online, we have uh, we do little uh, ads, create content, and say you know you know the swipe up. Yeah. So we go look. This is this is the benefit. Mm. So you hit them with benefit, 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 mm. right? Yeah. And then you go, and this is going to make your life easier to find out more. Swipe up. Yeah, or right. download the app. So mm. it's the online situation and mm. offline. You've got to do both. So, so market s- it. since you built your app, which mm-hmm. is is taking up most of your time running and doing all that at yes. the moment, 
Um, what what's some big success stories that you've had other than you know a lot of people taking it on like as in from the app or people have come along and, and said that it's it's really helped them out thank you so much or like real estate agents or you know yeah yeah so right now we've got about 60 million dollars worth of property right now on the app per month mm. and growing so that's that's being transacted right now which is pretty awesome yeah and you know so at any given time you know in the last two months we had another 425 new users jumping on wow which is so which good. is cool well and done man yeah that's, because because remember one property yeah has like 10 people mm. right you got the buyer you got the seller the building and pest inspectors so many people touch that one property yeah so all of a sudden one thing creates one to many relationships mm. Mm. right and then it changes hands. Then you've got the removalers and the internet provider, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, you do that too? We don't do that. Oh, yeah. And we, like I said, you stay focused on one thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but we can, we plug in uh, oh, So that people can ring up and go, hey, you need the internet? Exactly. So that's, that's how it works, right? Like. But um, yeah, so marketing is a very, very important part of it. You know, there's, but any any success stories like a, a little old lady's gone out and oh to totally do, okay so someone said thank you so much I, if it wasn't for this having this app oh, I, would, yeah. I would have lost the property well or we I have would have we up have or... a gentleman over in China mm. who's transacting or who who's actually settled their property now mm. and they wanted to know what was happening mm. now if you've been to China mm. you can't actually log in oh, because right. so in House Roo you're able to so the conveyancer took a screenshot. Of exactly so what the timeline of the timeline of right. where they sent a snapshot a screenshot and emailed it oh wow and it's so like, you could say okay that, that's that's what it's not... up to right. so it's funny so there's always a way to, to you know so to, to have a workaround mm. um, and then we had uh, another gentleman who he calls himself house through the kangaroo mm. <laughs> and he's like he's just taking it on he's uploaded everything he's raised loves it yeah yeah great. but so so we've got some great success stories and mm. more importantly you know real estate agents uh, who have been left out of the loop. So, you mm. know, they're going out, getting the listings. Mm. And what's been happening now is agents can now see where all their properties are up yeah. to mm. in the conveyancing process mm. because they want to know when their commission's And, and they, can, they can help <clears throat> out the vendor by going, yeah, I, I might just ring the conveyancer for them and just sort of exactly. help, help move things along. Because, hey, let's get one thing straight. Real estate agents make a shit ton of commission, don't they? They do, they do. But, you know, de deservingly so, I guess. Sure, and, and you know, you've got hardworking agents mm. and then you know there's a difference between an auto order writer mm. and then you know like for instance you know when i was selling some of my properties mm. i had one in particular that was actually helped staying the stairs yeah right oh really yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you know they come in and you know organize the mowing and you know making some sure real estate agents are good like they go i know all a, i know a local one around here <laughs> i won't say what his name is but he uh he even invited me to a state of origin party when i walked That's in cool. there were strippers everywhere <laughs> Well, you as know I say, you, are. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not in the in industry of selling property. We're yeah. in the people industry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and it's, it's a good <laughs> it's industry. In the people yeah, industry. obviously. Has there ever been a point, because how many years have you been doing doing this app <clears throat> and preparing it and making it? it? Look, from scratch. So, and here's the difference. You know, when you solve a problem, you might be solving it just for that one industry. Yeah. Right? But we, we've gone down this track and we're like, holy shit, this is a huge problem. Yeah. What have we got ourselves into? How many years does it take to develop? Oh, four years. Four years. Yeah. Was there ever, ever a moment where you went, this is way too big. All I the time. Like, I can't do this. There's been times when, because you're sinking everything into it and then you just break down and cry. Like, what am I doing? Have you broken down? Absolutely. Oh, I can't do yeah, this I'm anymore. Like, oh, what? I'm not going anywhere. I'm losing everything. But it's really funny. Yeah. Then you're like, oh God, please help me do something. And then all of a sudden, yeah. bang, this deal comes in, another deal. And you're like, okay, 
this is why I'm doing it. Right, okay. So I think there's something to be said about your passion. I think it's your spirit and to be able to visualize it and something just pushes you through. Mm. And then the signals come and it's like, no, no, you're on the right track. Mm. You know, you know that, that little drawing online where you've got that guy digging the diamonds? Have you seen that in the no. tunnel? It's amazing. You should sh- oh, show and he stops in the diamonds. He literally there. stops and there's like this much dirt. Oh, and if yeah. you just dug two more, the diamonds are there ready to go. Literally, that's how I feel sort of daily. Yeah, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so well, it's it's not like, um, okay, we can go and, you know, I can go and consult right now and get paid great bucks. Yeah. But to actually invent something, hmm. like as in, it's, it's easy to go and buy a franchise or a, you know, and don't get me wrong, it's hard work. Hmm. But to actually invent something from scratch that doesn't exist, yeah, and then to build it, and then to, you know, create something that doesn't exist, and mm. then have people use it, and then go, we like this, and yeah. pay you, and then scale it. That takes time. Mm. So long, long time, a lot of hard huh. work, a lot of visualization. You talk about visualizations and stuff like that before, and yeah. and, and and in a lot of ways, this guy here is my spiritual guru. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, your your background, your family from uh, India, Fiji, yeah. and uh, and and you're you're a regular meditator. And, and like, I was never someone that would be even the slightest bit interested in that. Where kind are of the stuff. beads I got you? So I, I tried it out. Oh, they're up in the bedroom. I was Good. using for another purpose. So I don't want to talk about it. Oh my lord. Um, so <laughs> I was um I was at this point where there's so much going on in my life, and I just just wanted to calm my mind so I could actually freaking sleep. And uh, and you introduced me to a few ways and tips and tricks to be able to clear your mind so that you know you don't think anything and you focus on nothing. It's not like it was a um, a religion or anything like that. It's just exactly. a way to to clear your mind and and actually prioritize your goals and everything like that. And it it really is uh, something that's absolutely changed uh, changed the game for me. Oh, absolutely. It's it's uh, it's funny. So Reese, we were talking about mindfulness, right? Mm. And then there's this amazing um, yogi uh, on the on the Gold Coast, Ian, and um, uh, he has uh, Ian Guru. He's such an incredible human. He's like, it's not mindfulness. It's mindlessness. Yeah. I was like, that's cool. Because we have this it's- thing called monkey brain. Your brain's just constantly throwing crazy shit left, right, and center. A lot of that can just be what you ate is just picking random thoughts. And it, it, it drives there's, you There's mental. all this no you need noise to learn to control and, and clutter. Exactly. It's like working a muscle in your brain to it stop is. you from it is. thinking random shit all the time. It, it helped help me so much focusing for you know, making shows or, or whatever, whatever jobs exactly. I've got to do that day and rather than going that way, that way, that way. And with, with having this, this little extension of our, our bodies, which is the mobile phone, this uh, that turns us all into androids, so to speak. It is. Cyborg. They're, it's cyborgs. They're, they're, they're always you know, bing, bing, binging at you. And it's like, exactly. it's, it's, it's so easy to program yourself to be scatterbrained and all over it the shop. It really so is. More now than ever, people are getting anxiety and they're stressed out and they're all over the shop. They need something like this in their life. Like there's uh, an app called Daily Calm. Yep. It's only five minutes. You sit there. I think her name's Tamara Levitt. Hi, I'm Tamara Levitt. Today, yeah. we're going to focus on your breathing. And that's pretty much all you do. And apparently, she's making millions of dollars out of doing that. That's another app that's, that's huge. Um, but just once, once you've just put that in your life once a day or once every couple of days, I might even do it. I'm not, not super committed yeah. to it I mean, as much as I, I, sh- I should be doing it more. It definitely makes a change. It does. Like health and well-being wise mm-hmm. as well. So what's, what's your daily routine for that routine? kind of thing? Yeah. So the first thing <clears throat> that I do is 
as soon as you sleep, you wake up, you're actually dehydrated. So if you've done six, seven, eight, nine hours, mm. you're actually dehydrated. So first thing I do is lemon, half a lemon squeezed mm. and water. And I'll do like, you know, 600 mils and just drink all that straight away. Alkalize your body with the straight lemon away. Yeah. And straight away, I'm alive. And then I put on... So meditation is interesting. It's... So for instance, if you go to sleep and you don't just jump on the ground and sleep on the floor, mm. right? You, you know, straighten the bed out, make sure the cushions are comfortable mm. and get your... You know, you might put the aircon on, whatever. Whatever makes yourself feel very comfortable mm. and the ambience needs to be right so that you get a good night's sleep. Mm. Makes sense? Yeah. Same thing with same thing with phone outside the bedroom. Never have a phone, like because you're you know subliminally you've got that psychological connection to it. Yeah. So just someone might message me. Mine stays. Someone might like a photo. Mine stays in my home office. I I, I downstairs, plug it in, leave it, and I'm like, that's where it is. Yeah. Done. Disconnect. Mm. Then what happens is that I'll put on this music that has a certain vibration to it. So the om. Oh yeah. And so now what I'm doing is I'm creating the ambience to get ready to meditate and get my mind into that state. Hmm. Does that make sense? Is that like first thing in the morning, like first thing. 5 a.m. or something like that? So 5.36, you know, depending. Hmm. And so, and because I work crazy hours, hmm. but for some reason I just, I wake up with the sun. Yeah. It's just a thing. So I always make sure, and if I'm working crazy, crazy hours, it's because the workload's higher, but then I have to meet, that means I need to organize myself better, hmm. right? So... There's, there's no real excuse or execute faster or spend less time. It's funny. You can actually check your phone and look at your um, phone activity. Yeah, I noticed that. What, what's <laughs> you know? yours right now? Oh, it's about four hours because Mine's all my work's on the phone. Because a lot of my work's on that. Yeah, right? on your phone, but that's not too bad. Four hours not, not too good. Oh, it gets higher, believe me. Yeah. <laughs> and it depends when. So, I'm, so to go, go through that ritual, drink first to hydrate, mm. uh, then... The other thing is to create that music. Mm. So the on music. And, and what then, is that? Something you just downloaded off the internet or is it a YouTube so thing? Or what is that I music? have it. I actually have it hooked up to my my stereo system. Mm. And it vibrates. Oh, so you don't put through. the headphones on like no, most no, no, people no, no. meditate. You like, you pump the whole room with the meditation I, I music. I cut all technology and just have the sound going. And then to get me into that mood again, you know, I'll, I'll throw some incense on, open the window a little bit. Mm. And then all of a sudden it's like this great vibe. Does it make sense? Yeah. And then I'll close my eyes and then I look in between here, which is my third eye. And I look there and then I do my breathing and my breathing. And I just go into the blackness, into the nothingness. And the first meditation that I do is the nothingness meditation, which just is just think of nothing, look at the black and just breathe and just look in the black and that's it. And I do like little chants. Mm. You do so, chants. Is yeah, that, chants. Is that like a transcendental meditation thing? Yeah, it's... it's you give, it's they a, give you a word and you just say that word over so and I over just, again? So I just say that. And you can do whatever. It might be, I want to be a billionaire. <laughs> whatever it is, um, <laughs> probably not that. But um, mine's Om which is a, a Sanskrit, which is oh, essentially... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me that once before. Yeah, so... You just say you, that over can, and over again. Or you can just do What's it mean? Um, it, it, what it is, it's, it's... The meaning is different to everyone, but basically it's uh, may peace be with you, right? So mm. it's peace... And light, right? So mm. it doesn't matter what you believe in, but it's just peace and light, essentially. Yeah, wow. Right? So it's the it's the whole chant mm. of peace and light and mm. to be positive, right? Mm. So close your eyes and then you do that. 
And, and you can do whatever you want, mm. whatever works for you, mm. right? Because it's better than nothing. Mm. And if it works for you, fantastic. That's what it's about. It's about you. So mm. there's no right or wrong way. Five minutes or an hour or how long do you do that for? If I know that I've got a massive day ahead mm. and I'll, I'll generally do up to 10 minutes. Yeah. And, That's all you need. But because I've been doing it every day since I was born, mm. I can I, like right now, I could probably meditate right now and get straight into it. So I could like literally close my eyes and zone in now. Let's go to squeeze your nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Has anyone so, ever done that you, to you, you when you, you're meditating you like play a trick on you? No, but my dogs jump on me. <laughs> and then they chill. It's funny. Yeah. Whenever quite... I do it, if, if I'm going to, I'm like, oh, someone's going to walk in and I feel like I'm being busted masturbating or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what you, hey, what are you doing sitting there all alone? Like, hey, what's going on? But... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's all different types. So that one's to relax and think of nothing. Yeah. And then you're like, you're back. And you're like, wow, okay, that's good. Now, then I'll do one for focus. And then I'll close my eyes and I'll, and I'll actually put all my deadlines and my goals and you know what I mean? Mm. So I'll actually focus on, okay, I've got this on and this is the outcome. So I've been in situations where I've had a big meeting with a mm. with, with, you know, very important person who is going to help the dynamics of the company and help with more revenue. Mm. And I've actually imagined them and how they would be and how they would treat me. And it's crazy. Do you visualize it? Yeah. yeah. And they became, and I'm best friends with them today. Like, like the matrix, you make stuff happen. Like you do. You do. Sh- Shia LaBeouf, you know, the actor, he, Shia LaBeouf, I'm going to show you how pronounce He's wearing a t-shirt at the moment around and says the matrix is real. And so basically there's a lot of, I've got a lot of, a couple of other friends who say the same thing. They say that matrix is a documentary well, is it, because yeah. you're basically creating stuff in your mind and you're visualizing things and they actually happen. Well, how much truth do you think there is to that? Well, the saying is that, you know, there's a, there's a saying that is a man is what he thinks about all day long. Mm. Think about that. You are exactly what you think about all day long. So if you're like, Oh, I've got no money. I'm, that's what's going to happen. Oh, okay. If you keep thinking, I'm, I'm broke, I'm, broke. I'm this, cash? I'm that. So or, if but thinking, if you go, I've got okay, money, I've got money, I've got money. Things are great. Yeah. Or times are tough. That's cool. But I'm going to get through this. Like, Instead of going, okay, oh my God, I got all these bills and I got to make payments mm. and da, da, you flip it. You go, actually, I've got to make more revenue. <laughs> I'm going to go meet more people. Yeah. So you just flip it and like you visualize the meeting of the people way around. that will lead to things yeah. where you actually make the money. You don't just go, I want money in my letterbox. And like, exactly. No, yeah. no. You have to be an emotion of it already. Yeah. Then right. it doesn't matter what you do. Mm. So yeah. that's, that's the importance of visualization. Exactly. Who taught you how to do all that? Um, parents. You know, parents and then they must be so proud wanting, right wanting, wanting to know. Because, you know, one thing we never had as kids growing up was, was money, but we always had food mm. and love, right? Mm. And always inquisitive. Like if I said to my parents, hey, I want to be an astronaut, they'll be like, you can do it. Go be an astronaut. Mm. That's so nice. that, that's all you need, right? Mm. So that's the most, the better than any money mm. is the fact that, you know, parents, your upbringing and, and your surroundings, mm 
people can actually say and, and back you and support you. Mm. That's that's huge. What was it like growing up as a, a kid in Australia and a brown uh, kid go, going going <laughs> to school on the Sunshine Coast? I think was it. I went. Where I actually went up? to school originally Birkdale South, mm. and then I went to Alexandria Hills High mm. as like the foundation year, and then I went and I'm like I'm done with this school because it was too academic. I wasn't a strong academic. Mm. I was very big into the arts. But funnily enough, later in life, I became strong in business and mm. academic. Yeah, Does that yeah, make sense? But, you know, being a creative businessman works so much better in this day and age. But Massively. As, what was it like being a kid at school? I mean, you, you cop a lot of racism. Did, or, I mean, is, is it, are we getting better in Australia? I mean, back then it was like, oh, we're getting swamped by Indians. And then it was Asians. And now it's Muslims. There is was it? no Indians. There'd be no Uber drivers and no pizza being delivered. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, we are definitely. Yeah. And I think what it is, is that, you know, as a, as a kid growing up and, you know, we can talk about many, many different stories, but, you know, like for instance, you look at my ancestors mm. who came from India, the Brits threw them on their ship mm. to then go out. And, you know, so if you're wondering why there's Indians and they call Fiji Indians or Mauritian Indians, or mm. let me set it straight. So what happened was when the Brits went into India, mm. you know, they took over and then, colonize other countries such as Mauritius, Trinidad, Jamaica's and Indians were sent out everywhere to work on the cane fields. Mm. Hardworking people, yeah. industrious. Um, and then you have all this amazing, the best thing that happened was that the amazing food that came out of that, mm. you know, all the spices and the herbs. And so, you know, we don't look back and go, oh my God, they were a-holes. But, but how did the, the but, Brits get, get the Indians to move to Fiji? Um, whipped them and put them on a ship. So they're basically slaves or were they promised like a new life? Or? Both, all of the above, right? Right. So yeah, absolutely. There was, it, it was, it was huge um, issues with, there was killings. There was, and back then anything went, mm. right? But it was all about power. It was all about, you know, territory. And so they would then go. And, you know, my great grandfather was one of those people. So, you know, he worked on the cane fields and um, he was shot twice, right? Whoa. There was a fight that happened. Yeah, wow. yeah it's in history books. Who you shot by? And um, by the Brits. Oh, wow. Shit. Because um, he's like, you know, you guys are like treating us like saves. So he was fighting for the rights. He was a freedom fighter. Yeah, right. right? Well, they, well, they've got their rights now more so than ever in, yeah. in, uh, in Fiji. But there's, there's oh, been absolutely. a few military coups over the years. Yeah, because there's been coups. But I mean, when you go over there, yeah. everybody gets on. It's all know, right really, now. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Like it's a beautiful place, right? Yeah. So, yeah, but as a kid growing up, of course it was racist. Yeah. You know, you, you're like, you've got this, this curry, this food, and you rock up at school and you smell like the food and they're like, what is it? Who's this curry muncher? Who's it? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But then, you know, I'd met like, like one, you know, one, one kid, you know, mm. who's like, hey, we cook curry at home. And he's, like, and he's like, hey, can I swap your peanut butter sandwich and you can have my curry? Like, so there's all these yeah, swaps going right. on, you know. And, That's beautiful. Um, yeah, it was no, it was good. And then, um, so I was really, really good, obviously, in music. Yeah. So I ended up, you know, dancing and we had a like, little, you know, boy band. Mm, yeah, you did too. Um, funny story. So we had the, one of the, we had actually the first boy band in Brisbane. What? Really? Yeah, back in the day, yeah. What was it called? So it was called Back to Basics. Back to Basics. And um, uh, shout out to Jay Whitmore, um, who had a band called Culture back in the day. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, Culture. so our first band was Back have? to Boom Shaka Jam. Yeah, I remember yeah. them. But he's got an amazing um, band now called Power. 
Mm. Reggae, UB40 with, oh, with wow, Bob. Cool. Amazing. Like in, in my top five um, reggae records. Yeah. Like, so you're, you're a massive fan of, of Michael Jackson and what, what yes. were the other influences back yeah, then? Yeah, so Michael Jackson, Prince, obviously James Brown, um, Luther Vandross. Like mm. I loved all that soul you know, sort of music. But then I love the Chili Peppers and all the funky Jamiroquai yeah, yeah. Um, growing up. And obviously you had your band Polish <laughs> back in the day. In Brisbane, huh? I want to talk about that. Hey, uh, no, that was that was fun. I mean, I was working on the radio and just wanted to wanted to start a band and got out there and played a few gigs, but um, nothing of the magnitude that you've done. And, and how did you stumble across the Veronicas? So the quick version, I was a dancer. And then from dancing, I progressed into obviously songwriting, production, music. And I co-wrote a couple of things with the Savage Garden guys. So actually the brothers, um, Daniel Jones and Oliver Jones. So Oliver Jones uh, had a studio and uh, we would cut some of Jones? our first... Jones? Jones. Oh, yeah. Jones. No, no. Oh, yeah. That's your thing of Darren Hayes. Or oh, you think of Daniel Daniel Jones, Jones from Silverchair. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, writing and producing, and I've actually, I actually had a couple of top 10 hits hmm. and um, that was in Singapore. And uh, also from that, we that was when the phone book was big. <laughs> yeah, right. So we would actually have our studio in on the phone book. And out of the blue, this guy called Joseph Oroglasso calls and says, hey, I've got a couple of twin girls and um, I'd like to bring them in. They came in, they performed for us and we started producing their, that then their album. Mm. And we experimented with some R&B. And at the time there was a band called S2S, Sister oh, Sister. Oh, yeah. And so, S Club 7, is that it? No, S to S. S to S. Oh, sister, sister to sister. sister. Right, yeah. And they're like, yeah. oh, they're too similar. So we produced a whole record, well, half a record. And um, then we experimented with um, some some rock and said, okay, let's let's try this rock thing. And um, Jessica overnight came up and goes, hey, I've got this name. I'm reading these comics. I like the Veronica's name. At the time, they were called Teal, mm. T-E-A-L. And... Uh, from that, what ended up happening was, you know, we shopped them to every single record label and every label in Australia said no. And then a really? guy, exactly, they said, nah, they're twins, corny. And then a guy called Hayden basically um, took the project and then shopped them again, took them to the States and they got their massive deal. So yeah, the first What's part- Hayden's last name? Hayden Bell. Hey, yeah, no, Hayden Bell, right. Yeah, yeah, Hayden Bell. So yeah, so what happened was- um, and then the rest is history. You know, they they, they became megastars. And yeah, they um, really did, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. Huge. Yeah, great story. Massive. And what about, uh, you worked with a few other people over the years. Yeah, so um, Malik, Maddox, Malik, Malik Youssef um, yeah. in, in the States, who's Kanye's right-hand guy. Mm. Learned a lot from him. Uh, worked with the guys from War. Remember the song? What oh, is it yeah. good for? The real legendary. Um, yeah. Met the guy who actually, you know how it is in LA. You've yeah. done a lot of LA. So spent basically 2001 to 2011 in the States writing, producing and um, biggest, biggest learning experience. Don't go out and party, focus mm. on the work. Yeah, yeah. It's so easy to just it's party so in easy. LA, isn't it? And live with one of my, you know, my closest friend, Adrian Newman, mm. uh, who's an amazing writer, producer as well, multi-platinum uh, producer. And um, yeah, so the, the Kanye thing was pretty amazing and John Legend and all these guys coming into the studio in Burbank. Oh, Kanye, you get to meet yeah, Kanye? Yeah, met, met him. He's a, What's he's Kanye a, like? He's awesome. Is he a genius? He, he actually he's is. He's got a lot going on He's a cool brain. cat, but it's just... I don't think he meditates just at foot, all. Just foot in mouth. Exactly. exactly. monkey brain's just going at a million miles Foot in an mouth, hour. and then he's like, what am I doing? 
So, yeah, so my experience has always been incredible. What was your take on Kanye when he's all of a sudden come out and backed Donald Trump and he's gone in the Oval Office and just gone in his rant supporting Trump and wearing the MAGA hat and all, all like everyone from John Legend to so many other performers turning against him? Look, I don't always, I don't agree with, you just look at the behavior, mm. right? So any behavior, if you look at something and you're judging on at that time, but I don't know the full story. Yeah. I don't know what he's well, thinking. He went to a I don't mental know. institution after that. Sure. And, and like he actually fully went into a mental... Like, I don't know if you've ever been, mean to a, been to a mental institution, you know? Like, no, I haven't. Your girlfriend's <laughs> there and they're like, they show up in the white coats. Hey, babe. Yeah. <laughs> these, it's, these guys are going to take you away just for a while. You'll be fine. They're like, that's, that's but, but when you're certifiably the, crazy. But the, the other thing is too, when you've got a population of 365 million people yeah. and then you've got drugs that aren't available mm. over the counter here that there are there... And then you've got like a doctor for everything. Mm. Oh, you're a bit hyper. Okay, I'm gonna. This is what you are. Mm. You know, when we were hyper, it's like okay, go play sport. Yeah, but when he co- he copped all that shit for you know being a fan of Trump, and then he went to the mental asylum. Yeah, I didn't and, follow it. And and then it, then he came out and he doubled down on the whole thing. Like, no, I'm I'm all about Trump. You know, I'm all about um, not letting the story of of uh, you know being slaves in the past own us. You know, he was making out like some people live in that story still. <clears throat> and I think also with him, he knows what he means. And, you know, I even fall into that category sometimes mm. where I'm like thinking, you'll think something and you've got the best interest, but it comes out wrong. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? You think it came out wrong? So I think so. Mm. Like enslavement, like if you just take that, and I've done a lot of deals, you know, in the States with, you know, um, communities and you say one thing and they totally take it another way mm. and they make it about the race. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, no, it's not about the race and it's not about you and your ego and, and everything that if you want to play that card, my great grandfather got a shot. Mm. Let's not play that card. Yeah. Let's talk about right here and right now. Yeah. And, and make it forward. And exactly. Yeah. So focus just on the don't, past. don't play that card. Past doesn't equal your future. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, far out. Um, but I do love Kanye. I love his music. Oh, he's, uh, he's amazing. And, like, he's He's got a, a, a I new love website. the fact that he's a producer. Though. And he's, all, he's deleted his Instagram and he started a new one. And all of a sudden, he's released a couple of snippets of songs on his website. But gave you yeah. a little teaser on Instagram. So you go, where can I find that? You can't find it on yeah. on uh, Spotify. Or... He's put the whole YouTube thing up now. Oh, has he? Yeah, it's all, the whole thing's up. You know that little excerpt that he did oh, recently? Right, okay. It's awesome. Because um, a, a friend of mine that works uh, for Sony told me the other day that, that there's word on the street that he's going to brush all his labels He's, he's going to say, you can't release this on Spotify. You can't have it anywhere. If anyone just wants, do his own platform. Anyone wants this music, you go to my website. And, and I think that that's going to be great. I mean, you won't make as much money as you always sure. say, but money's not an issue. But, but for, the, for the diehards, they'll come there. Yeah, the diehards will, but yeah. won't that open the door for a lot of other musicians out there that can't get signed to record labels? They say, okay, not on Spotify, not on iTunes, not giving money to the big corporations. You can only get this from chenille.com or you can only get this from polish.com I think that's, or whatever I think that's good and bad I think if you're an artist like if you want to do that create your masterpiece and put it on your own platform hmm. but you're an artist create some more art and throw it up on other platforms yeah exactly because it'll bring people back so put, put it out there as much as you this possibly is, can and, and you know guys like Michael Chase you know we have a label um, MGM and you know we've got an imprint label through them um, uh, called Vibes Collective with Tim Amatic. shout out to Tim um, so on that, one of the biggest things that Sebastian Chase, who was involved with In Excess and, and his son, um, uh, Michael Chase, 
you know, they always would say, you're an artist, keep creating art. Don't go, okay, this is my art and, and you know, kind get of- Get it out there and show as many people as you get, possibly can. Get it out can, there. Yeah. You know, you got 450,000 hours and then you're dead. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I've never right? heard that before. <laughs> yeah. So if you break down the seconds. Yeah. And so create art, get it out. If you love doing it, keep doing it. And where's your art at? My art is at um, my outlet uh, is a great, great artist who, who it's great, great guy who works really, really hard, uh, Tim Amatic. So I write and produce with him and um, also do a lot of business. Uh, so, you know, help him with his strategies. And because mm. I mean, you guys do everything from, uh, you know, touring around Australia, you know, yeah. mentoring young kids for, for, you know, how to get ahead in the music industry, exactly. and dance and singing yep. and all that kind of stuff. And and now where is he? Is he, is he in Willy Wonka right, or right now, or some big no. show in Sydney? <laughs> no, it's um, the BG story. The BG story. Yeah. <laughs> Close. BG's. I, they like chocolate though. Yeah. BG's, they like yeah. chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's what I was thinking. So, yeah. <laughs> Saturday Night Fever. So, yeah, you know, wow, cool. uh, Tim's done an amazing job coming off the back of Madiba. Mm. And then uh, now the BG story. Oh, I didn't get to see yeah, the yeah. What was that like? Oh, incredible. Yeah? Like so moving, you know, the story about, you know, Nelson, Nelson Mandela. Mandela. Yeah. You know, and then... You know, again, like Tim's definitely one of the hardest working people I've ever met on the planet. Yeah. Like the guy's the guy's a machine. Like I from remember, the training yeah. to his vocals to going to the studio, then yeah. he's doing a show. Then yeah. I'm like, man, keep going. Like, at Sony Studios mm. in Sydney. Yeah. Um, yeah, remember. Just off Oxford Street, that like the basement down there. There's a yes. whole heap of recording studios yes. where all different artists are, are given those studios to record. But he was he'd be in there for like four or five days non-stop recording and making songs well you called me at the wrong time because <laughs> the wrong I, time for I, mikey is when he's drunk i, I, I was <laughs> i was out, out late after some event that i'd hosted or something like that in sydney and i was like hey, chenille's in sydney and it's like 11 o'clock at night and i've had one too many drinks hey what's going on man we're rec- uh, recording you want to come and check it out and i'm like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and next thing you know i'm in there trying to play the keyboards and tim's well that like, that song was uh save it that we wrote um which is now which is out now and on um uh, all platforms. Yeah, no, I, I wrote. Yeah, yeah, right. that, that was that was that was all you. But I, I gave you it said again. Yeah, you can just you can have this. This, <laughs> this is all you. I mean, I, as long as I can tell people that I read it, I don't care. <laughs> but that was fun. I think I fell asleep on the couch while he was. You did recording. You did. But he, uh, he's a dude, and, and what a guy. what a what a great story. And great uh, story. you know, TV shows and stage plays and everything. Oh, like absolutely. That. It's killing the game. So cool, man. Um, so when we first met, you were hosting the... Oh, no, no, hosting. I was hosting the... Um, you were when hosting. We first met, yes. When we first met, I was hosting the lip sync competition yes. at the Underground Nightclub. Lip sync, lookalike. Yeah, Les Costaglou. Uh, the Underground Nightclubs, are, it was like the, the coolest, was the biggest, biggest club in Brisbane back yep. in the 90s. And along comes this guy doing Michael Jackson impersonation. Man, and kids. Did you win? I think you won. Yeah, we won. I did Billie Jean. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a bit of a cheat because I came off the back of a Hollywood Legends tour performing as Michael Jackson. All oh, right, okay. So, no, it's not cheating. It's just like yeah. your experience. And yeah. you, you saw the prize that was there for grabs. It was probably only a $20 bar good. tab or something ridiculous yeah. like that. But hey, it's all about the experience. Um, you're a massive Michael Jackson fan as, as I am. I mean, I was named after Michael Jackson by my dad. Uh, and Michael Jackson, because he dad had just interviewed him and because uh, my dad's yeah, a impressive. radio announcer and... And Aaron, the other, the other biggest pop star in the world, Elvis, Elvis Aaron Presley. My middle name's Aaron. Did he and did he uh, interview him? Uh, Elvis, Elvis, no, I don't think so. I think he interviewed Dick Dale. 
oh, wow. um, uh, who was Elvis's good mate and mm-hmm. running the band. And um, but Dad's interviewed so many people over the years. But um, I mean, Michael Jackson was someone that's that's very very incredible mis- misunderstood, artist. incredible artist. You know, oh. we're, we're undisputably uh, one of the greatest artists of all time. Absolutely. And um, he it just just to see that he's not around anymore. I've even watched his documentary because. I feel like he's not here to the HBO documentary. I feel like he's not here to fend for himself and say, hang on a minute, that that didn't happen. Um, yeah, I know you watched it the other day. Freaky. And, and you're a massive fan. And, yeah. I, and I heard through the grapevine that you <laughs> changed your opinion. But let, let me just, just... You'll never really know. Just paint it. We'll never really know. But let me, let me paint it a little bit different here. Uh, like these guys, I think the court case is a billion dollar court case. Something, it's huge. It's ridiculous money. So two guys who said nothing happened, nothing happened, yeah. it's all fine. And they're even later in life and then Michael Jackson's gone. And a few years later, they figure, well, what the hell? Some lawyers just saying this might, be ha- might happen. Some lawyers go, oh, um, you know, if you say this, you could get a $20 million payout each. Again, Is that what it comes down to? It could. And I think also, you, look, there's two sides to everything, right? Mm. The thing is, in case like that, if, you, if you're thinking about children... Right. Hmm. And then the other part of that is that as a kid growing up, you say, you say one thing and you can be groomed a certain way, but then it all comes back to your confidence hmm. and, and your strength, your internal strength. So hmm. if something may have happened, hmm. we don't know, hmm. but it could have happened. And then, but they said no, because that may have been the norm back then, because, you know, you've got this enigma hmm. <laughs> who's Michael Jackson. Hmm. And then later on in life, you're like, well, I've just had a kid myself. And it's like, I'm going to do this for my kid. And then you change your tune to, and it may have happened. Mm. And then all of a sudden, it's like, it's not about the money. It's about that. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, so, I, I used to think that um, Michael Jackson dyed his skin white. You know, and then you do a bit of research. And you go, no, he actually had a bit of Lego. Yes. I think it's called yeah. where, you know, his skin... Um, skin condition yeah skin condition um, pigment you know and and there's there's so many other random stories that came out about him over the years that were like uh there was a rumor that he um he'd been neutered or like he he was sterilized by his parents but his his doctor actually came out and said that that's true if his doctor did i don't know like his dad, his dad sterilized him so to keep his voice high. I think. I think the. But key you were thing, telling me you, you reckon he's got a deep voice, and when he actually he, when he talks he to talk Seth, when he can talk to Seth Riggs, who's a vocal coach, and he talks normal. And, it, and he's happy, but but again, there's um, documented evidence that talks about how you talk higher, so you sing higher in that register, oh, right? So it's it's a technique. Yeah, right. But let's be real here. Mm. Um, if you're talking about, it comes back to one thing: appropriate. Yeah. What's appropriate? What, what is it? I mean, uh, you know right? what? And when it comes down to being appropriate, I think the parents have a lot to answer exactly. for. Because if, if, Would if, you I, have if I have kids, if I got a five-year-old daughter sleep with... Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not going to say... My, my You know, say some pop star rocks up in town. Like, I love Bruce Springsteen. I'm not saying in any way, shape or form that he sure. might be a pedo. But yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say, hey, Bruce, do you want to take my kid for the days? And that's ten, the whole point. Take, take him away for a week. Yeah, that's sure. the point. You know, sure, let's just sleep in the same... That's that's where it's like that's it. that that's inappropriate and yeah. and I think back then people did just sort of turn a blind eye to it and go, it's Michael Jackson no exactly but it's Michael Jackson like <laughs> like they do in Australia with rugby league players oh he just sexually assaulted this woman but he won the eighty nine grand final exactly <laughs> but not only that there's also so many false allegations made 
on celebrities or anyone, mm. people of power, you know. They do. And, and, and to that point, I mean, if someone just says something because they don't like you or, you know, a, exactly. a, you knock back a girl and all of a sudden she comes out and says, oh, he raped me. Exactly. Should, should, should the same prosecution go against a woman when it's proven to be untrue? Or will that stop women or men coming out and saying that something happened? It's true. Tough question, Shadil Sharma. We don't have the answer. Maybe we should meditate. Let's meditate on. Um, well, dude, it's, uh, it's, it's been so good to finally get you in here in the studio. It's good fun. Uh, in, in Kung Fu Studios. Kung Fu. Tell me about these posters. Oh, man. I, I was uh, in Bow Brothers in Newcastle. It's a, a, a little restaurant and they had all these posters all over the walls. And I'm like, this is sick, man. Like Blood Sport and the Deadly Mantis and all these f- funny Kung mm. Fu movies. I never studied Kung Fu. I never did a Kung Fu class in my life or karate or martial arts or anything like that. But I love that's like one of my favorite movies. Yes. And, and and they That's said, oh, we'll, we can give you this on a hard drive if you want. You can just print them out and stick them on your wall. So it costs about like 80 bucks. Put them all amazing. over the wall. And now we have Kung Fu Studios. I feel like eating some Chinese. Did you ever watch Bloodsport? Hell yeah. That was a cult film. It's now I break you. Jean Van Damme. Like I break your friend. I, I grew up on every single Bruce Lee film. Like everything. Like I used to, brother and I used to beat each other up. He was incredible, wasn't he? Oh, incredible. What a weird way to, to lose Bruce Lee as well. And his son. And his son. Do you believe that conspiracy theory where it was like he was he knew too much and he's giving away too much of the the ancient martial arts to the world, so he had these the curse against his well, family. Well he was poisoned, right? Well he shot. I thought he was shot by a gun that had That was Brandon Lee. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was his son. It had blanks in it. The blanks. Yeah. But the Bruce Lee Bruce was poisoned. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Who knows? Seattle. In Seattle. Yeah, well, Seattle's where he lived. Oh, wow. And you've, you've spent time in LA. He used to train at, on Lancashire. There was this like old gym there where Bruce Lee used to train oh, in wow. LA. Yeah, it's in North Hollywood. Far out. Yeah. Well, but I, you know, I love the, um, the posters, put them up, and I thought, wow, that's Looks cool. good in the studio. Kung Fu Studios. What, what else did, did we talk about? We covered everything. We talked about everything we wanted to talk about. Was there anything else that we wanted to, to say, do? Oh, I, think it's, I think you covered the business, you mm. covered music. Maybe the parallels of how songwriting and production, how the hell do you go from songwriting and then... Go, so let me go ask to, you something. Yeah. Let me ask you something. How the hell do you go from songwriting to bringing out an app? What are the parallels between the two? Interesting. So I just had this conversation with a guy called Wally Brill, who is one of the heads of Google. Amazing, amazing guy. And I, I was talking to him about this and he's like, you do realize it's very common that people go from music production and are in technology apparently it's very common and he was just like rattling off people in uber and all these different applications um that work on and well how i personally did it is it's because it's the art of creating so the same way that you write and produce a song is the same thing uh or or analogy of how you create an app or a technology you've got all these moving parts where you know you know, writing a song, you come up with a hook. Well, with the technology, it's coming up with a hook to get people to download it, right? So it's so similar. So I think years and years of writing lyrics and, you know, working to deadlines and coming up with melodies and, you know, I can, as you know, we can build a song in, in like about half an hour. Mm. You start framing up and mapping out a whole song. Uh, so the parallels are there. And I think creatively... It's so important to be creative and be able to, and it doesn't matter whether you're writing a song, 
you know, the late Terry Merchinson, who was my mentor in design, mm. uh, he would sit down with a pad and he'd draw houses and property mm. while I'm creating music. And he's like, hey, we've got a program. You know that program that you're using? You're doing the same thing and building a song because you can see the song build because obviously you've got the computer mm. and then you're, you know, you're playing parts in and then you're pasting it and you can start seeing it. He will then, you know, build a whole property architecturally the same way. So again, whether it's music, architecture, building an app, they all, they all entwine in a similar through creativity. Creativity. That's it. Nice, man. Yeah. What's next for you once this app's going off into the distance? Um, I'm working on a project right now with um, uh, actually my godson, who's um, indigenous, mm. Aboriginal, uh, young, young little man. Uh, What's his name? And his, and his, and his um, father, the lion, he's like, is, that's, that's the meaning, Egyptian, hmm. Egyptian name. Um, and uh, Cameron, uh, who's from Northern Territory, his, mm. his, his people, the village, mm. and um, art. So Aboriginal art um, rolling out to schools. So basically what it is is that the communities create the art and then that art is then used on equipment for like chairs and furniture oh, cool. for the kids. Oh, so wow. the print yeah. goes on the chairs and you know, um, there's a company called BizFern uh, up on the Sunshine Coast, huge factories and um, money, proceeds of that furniture goes back to the community. Oh, wow, that's amazing. So it's, it's incredible. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, good luck with that. With your little godson. Yes, well, his, people... his his name is so long, so I'm like, <laughs> yep. but he's like, we call him the Little Lion. Little Lion. Yeah. Hey, uh, so where can people find you? Uh, give us your uh, your Insta, sure, if people Instagram, follow you and your just, Twitter and all that kind of stuff. It's just uh, Chenille Success, and that's the number six and the letter S, mm-hmm. Chenille Success. House Roo is just house and roo.com, and you can download the app House Roo. And yeah, hit me up on Instagram, easy, or even LinkedIn, Chenille Sharma. Awesome. Easy. Chenille Sharma, thank you for being on the mic. Thanks for having me, Great Goldie. Good Good to see you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.